Hello and welcome back to our Premier League preview here on Energy Sport. This is the third episode we've recorded, so if you've missed the first two episodes so far, be sure to head over to the Energy Sport podcast feed on whichever platform you prefer to check them out. My name is Jack Donnelly and joining me once again is my partner in crime for this mini-series of podcasts, Mr Graham Sinclair. It's good Hi to Jack. have you. It's good to have you. Hi Jack, thanks for having me. As always, it's a pleasure mate. How are you doing today? Wonderful. I've been up, I've been making the breakfast, playing some games, and then just been ready to podcast. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear you've had a productive morning. Uh, <laughs> next up, we've got our wishers answer to Mark Noble and our very own Taylor Murray. Good to have you mate. How are you doing? Oh, it's good to be here. I'm enjoying it. Glad to have so you. So far. Well, so far we're... Aye, so far. We're still 50, sec- 50 seconds 50 in. Aye, still. It's, it can all go down healthy here. Yep. Aye, to be fair, you're not wrong. Uh, finally, we've got a man whose week's already been made by the Racing Post season preview being released. Jamie McIntosh, how you doing, pal? Very good, thanks. Yes, I've had a, a nice busy morning this morning. Um, the sun is shining out in Edinburgh and I have a big smile on my face courtesy of... Uh, your comment this morning, taping me as the uh, rising star in our uh, fantasy league. I did say that, yeah. I, I tweet, tweeted out, uh, FPL put out a thing to say, who's the, the best manager, the rising star, who's finishing bottom and who's still to join the league. And all three of you made the cut for that one, and I'll let the viewers <laughs> figure out who went where. But I'll, ju- I'll just, for anyone that didn't know, one member of this uh, podcast did triple captain Kyle Walker. And got a maximum of three points, I believe it was. So I'll Shout leave out Garvey. <laughs> on this podcast, got Taylor. <laughs> got more than us as well, though. He did get more than us. You're not wrong. <laughs> so with this being the penultimate episode of the series, we want to take a look at everything we've missed before moving on to the bigger, bolder predictions tomorrow. So it's a real mixed bag of questions we've got for you today. I'll kick things off with a fairly simple one. Who is going to take home the golden boot as the Premier League's top scorer this season? Taylor, I'm going to start with you here, mate. Well, there's been no... I've not been shy saying who I think will win the league. And uh, obviously, usually the player that wins the league is usually a team that could probably be high scoring. Obviously, stating obvious. Come on, Taylor. <laughs> but Standard. I feel like this player, he's made his debut season. Uh, I really like the look of him but I'm going to go with Timo Werner he is going to have a glory first season and going to take away the golden boot at the end of it as well as the championship medal I can't believe you're that confident about Chelsea I'm really confident I I really like Chelsea's business but especially Timo Werner he's just I can see him scoring for fun well, I certainly wouldn't argue. I, I, I certainly wouldn't argue with that being the case. I wouldn't be too unhappy with Werner walking away with a golden boot. Uh, Jamie, what do you reckon? I mean, he, he's your striker at the end of the day, so would would, would you agree with Taylor or would you go for someone else? I, I, I have been um, very vocal in, in my opinions on Chelsea in the forthcoming season. I think they'll, they've got every chance. I think they've improved in the positions that they needed to improve in apart from possibly goalkeeper at the moment as I'm sure we'd both agree mm-hmm. um, as for top goal scorer you know it, it depends on how much of the season Aguero misses um, you know if he can kind of get back in a fairly early stage then you know he's always going to be up there a lot depends on Tottenham season on how Harry Kane performs um, I think Salah will be up there Aubameyang was excellent for Arsenal last season mm-hmm. Um but again, you, you just never really know what you're going to get with, with Arsenal or Tottenham, really. So I, I wouldn't really be too tempted to, to pick either of those two. I don't think it's going to be Jamie Vardy this year. Um, so yeah, I'll take a punt in the dark. And uh, along with, with Taylor, I'll go with Timo Werner as well. Very nice. Very interesting, to be fair. it's I, I, I feel like I'm potentially the most... Uh, I'm I'm doing a bit of a strewn Garvey this season in terms of just being more negative about my team's chances than positive. Uh, Graham, what about yourself? Who would you back to uh, score the most this season? Uh, I'm going to stick a bit more routine. I think Timo Werner's actually a really out there pick. Which I, um, I uh, credit the boys for picking him. I'm just going to go normal and go for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. <laughs> yeah, he, he, was, he was on my list as well, to be fair. Um, he scored 22 goals last season but I feel like he actually got better after the, re- the restart mm-hmm. and me and you 
I've seen like all week between me and you, Jack, is we both seem to be very, very high in Arsenal. Yeah. And I think Abamian Ab- got twenty two goals last season, and he played at, like left back sometimes under Emery, mm. like left wing back under Emery. Now he ha- he's playing up front. He's the main man, and he has a better team around him to supply him with more goals. And Thierry and Saka, and Maitland Niles now. Shaka, Sabayos is back. I think that he's going to actually improve in his goal tally, and I think he'll win it by a distance. Um, it's, it's something I do uh, believe in very strongly. I think Arsenal do have the chance of having a really good season, and I think Aubameyang is going to be the main man to really drag them there, as he has done throughout the last couple of seasons, really. He was up there. I'd also mentioned uh, Mohamed Salah as well. I believe it's going to be a battle between Liverpool and City for the title once again. And I think Salah's probably going to be the most clinical out of Liverpool's forward line. But I, I'd, I'd thrown in a bit of a wild card just as an option. Uh, I'd thrown in uh, Raul Jimenez as potentially being up there. Because I feel like there's always one every season. There's always one or two uh, odd shouts that get up uh, in the top scoring charts. I mean, you looked at Danny Ings last season coming second only to Jamie Vardy. And Jamie Vardy himself going on to win it. I agree with Jamie. I don't think Vardy's going to replicate what he did last year. And I'm doubtful that Danny Ings can replicate the exact same kind of season he had. But I'd like to see someone like Jimenez, especially if uh, Wolves can get a whole season out of his partnership with Adama Traore that proved to be so uh, effective at points last season. So I'll say Jimenez is an outside pick, but Aubameyang is a sensible man's pick for me. Uh, Did anyone else have any um, honourable mentions he wanted to throw in? Or was it just a case of you said who you wanted (laughs) Uh, I think Calvert-Loon could be an outside pick for that. I feel like he, he does, he's not the best football player, but in the same sense... I he's not the best forever. football player, but I think he's going to be the top goal scorer. Yeah, nah, no, I feel like he, he could have a good season for Everton, probably prove everybody, everybody wrong. He looked good at points last season, but again, he just fell away, as, as Everton did. Like, he, was good, he was good one time, so he came in for like a month. I don't trust them at all. No, I, 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 I debate that. I, I disagree with that. There, to be honest, but yeah, some, someone has to make the bold shouts, and that's why I got you in, Taylor. So we appreciate, appreciate uh, that side of your comments. No anyway. <laughs> uh, one, of the, one of the man new boys from me, maybe. I maybe a Rashford or a Martial potentially. That's not a bad oh, shout. Sancho. Or given uh, whatever happens with a certain amount of penalties they get. <laughs> Fernandez could be up there too. Yeah, he very well could be. If they get fifteen penalties again, and Bruno scores like ten more open play goals, not the most unreasonable thing in the world. <laughs> you know, you know, I saw, saw something quite funny on on Twitter uh, after uh, soccer got played, and it was uh, a stat that said. Young Philly has scored the same amount of open play goals at Old Trafford as Bruno Fernandez has this year. <laughs> <laughs> so I, th- I think I think that boy's the the man that United need to be looking for his signature. Um, so we'll move on, and it's no secret that the top goal scorers in the league cannot do it all themselves and need some decent service to be able to get the goals for the team. With that in mind, who are we backing to be the most creative player in the league this season and walk away as the king of assists? Jamie, who have you got down for this one? I think you'd be a fool not to to mention De Bruyne's name in this of category. Um, I think you know Alexander Arnold. I haven't been particularly impressive, especially last night in the game for England. Um, but you know if he can hit the ground running again and supply some good good deliveries into the box, you would fancy the Liverpool front line to be able to put the, the majority of them away. Um, Fernandez as well um, would be my my kind of wild card if you like mm-hmm. for that that category. But between De Bruyne and Trent Alexander Arnold for me. Not very sensible. I had them both down as our picks as well. I think it was really the sensible two options to pick from. Graham, what about yourself? I think I don't think you can really say anyone other than De Bruyne for this yeah. award. Mm-hmm. I think he was miles ahead and Trent had thirteen assists and it felt like he was it felt like that was his kind of ceiling, like, holy crap, he got thirteen assists, that's insane. I feel like for Trent to go higher, it would just have to be an absolutely unreal season, whereas I feel like De Bruyne could have got more. I feel like he left a few on the table in the way, in the way back. He just kind of he had like 20 assists. Mm-hmm. I think there was more out there. I think he should have... He, he actually could have easily got 25. 
and nobody could really scoff at him. Like, scoffed at him. Well, he, he didn't. He didn't play as much as mm-hmm. I Pep dropped him in the last Should have as well, games, you know. Yeah. It's... Yeah, so Pep does. Pep, yeah. Pep ruined the glory for De Bruyne. He was selfish. Selfish that way. No, I think I think I do agree though. I think. Far and above De Bruyne is a word to get, but there's another name I'll mention after I come to Taylor for his thoughts on this. Uh, I, De Bruyne is probably everybody's pick, and as Jamie's game I've already you would be a fool not to think about him, but honourable mes- mentions could be uh, maybe a possible a Rashford, um, maybe a Robertson, but yeah, it's got to have to probably De Bruyne will take it. Aye, I th- well, I think we're all in a fair bit of agreement, which is probably the first time that's happened in the last three episodes that uh, all of us have agreed on one thing. Just another honourable mention I want to throw in, uh, Hakim Ziyech at Chelsea. I feel like he's going to be Chelsea's most creative player this season. I know he's potentially not starting the season. I think he took a bit of a knock in the pre-season game against Brighton and he's still uncertain whether he will play on Monday night, but we'll just need to play that by year, and hopefully it's not too um, long an absence. But I think we've we've seen in the Champions League, we've seen in his time at Ajax, he really does know how to pull the strings through any team, and I think he's going to be the one supplying the balls in for the likes of Werner, the likes of Havertz, the likes of Pulisic. So I'm excited to see him, and I think he will be up there in the assist charts anyway, if, even if he doesn't get the award. I just think that for me, um, you pick for any any awards really, not just these two that we've done. Picking a new signings because that's really going to win. You take the top scorer, the only like, top scorer that's a new signing was Salah in twenty seventeen eighteen. Mm-hmm. That's the only one like the last decade that's done it. And I don't think assists are very different. Which there's always a settling in period for these players to get them to adapt to the English game. Mm-hmm. And there's always the fact that oh, you never know if they're new signing. Sometimes they won't, maybe won't play. They don't have the full trust of the manager straight away. So with that, I'm always kind of hesitant to pick new signings like CH for Tisk King or Werner for top goal scorer. No, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. It's well made. Uh, but I think just it does add up because there's no real competition for Ziyech at Chelsea in terms of playing on the right-hand side because he is the only real right winger identified in the squad after Pedro and Willian both left on a free. So it's obvious it's obviously not gonna be a Kim De Bruyne season. I think De Bruyne's got the uh, award nailed on yet again. So but I, I still think he will be up there. I don't think he's gonna have a mind blowing season I th- but I think he still will get double figures for assists and I'll 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 i I'll stand I'll stand on that hill. I'll die on that hill. This will come the season end and if it doesn't prove to be Correct, then so be it. That's that's football. Uh, so we'll move on. And yesterday we discussed who was the best value for money transfer that we've seen so far in the league with players like Ryan Fraser and Callum Wilson being discussed. But now I want to throw all concept of bargains and all concept of money well spent out the window as we try and nail down the absolute best signing so far. Graham, who has been the best signing in the league as of the current day of recording? The best player signed this summer is Kai Havertz at Chelsea. For me. I think just looking at the actual signings people have made, he is the best player that has been signed by any team. He costs a lot of money, but in this category, that doesn't matter. He is a footballing superstar in the making. Mm-hmm. Chelsea didn't really need him. They did not need that position, but when you've got the chance to sign somebody like Kai Havertz, it could be somebody that could be your best player for 15 years then there's not really any question that you should do it. No. He, he's tall, he's powerful, he's versatile. He can score goals, he can set them up, he can take set pitches, but he can also score. He's, since he's tall, he's good in the air. There's really not much you can't do. And he's he's actually maybe not put quite the numbers for Leverkusen. It's typically not like 20 goals, 20 assists mm-hmm. yet. But he's still only 21 years old. He's still super young. And if he develops, like I think it actually seems very likely. It seems like like quite a low low risk transfer. Yeah. It, within a year or two, he'll be one of the ten best players in the world. I'd love to see it personally, but then that's me. It's a fair, it's a big big claim to make, but I think he does have all the makings of a player that can go on and really be one of the top players, not in Europe but the world as well. Uh, I think it, he probably couldn't have asked for. 
I, I, I don't want to go out and stick my neck out for Lampard as a manager, but as a player taking inspiration from, I think Havertz and Lampard are very, very similar in the sense that they know how to get forward from midfield and score. So they're, they're very, very similar in that aspect. And I think Lampard doing, kind of giving his wisdom on to Havertz as well as he's done with the likes of Mason Mount really could prove beneficial for Chelsea this season. Uh, it's a very good shout for best transfer. Uh, Jamie, what do you have to say for this one? Yeah, I think any of the Chelsea ones really, mainly because they've kind of just strengthened in the positions that they needed to kind of strengthen in. Um, I think a worthy mention for Newcastle. Mm-hmm. I think some of their signings have been have been very good. Um, obviously, whether they turn out to perform um, for their new clubs is is yet to be seen. But I think uh, I've been impressed with some of the business that they've done. I think Callum Wilson, uh, a new kind of striker. We know how much Joel Linton struggled last season, mm-hmm. and I think um, if, if Callum Wilson can can get them kind of oh, I don't know what fifteen goals a season, that would be uh, that would be a very good signing. Absolutely no, and for the for the price as well. I mean, it's not about the bargains from this question. I mean, but twenty million for a Premier League yeah. goal scorer who can link back up with Ryan Fraser in a more positive environment. I think it really could prove to be massively beneficial for Newcastle this year. Uh, Taylor, what about yourself? Who who are you backing to hit the ground running this season? I, I completely agree with Graham. I, I feel like he is obviously Havertz. He's just an incredible football player, and he's just subliminally watch but I had a feeling that one of you would probably go for Havertz I actually expected Jack not Graham but uh, but my player I went out there's probably a little bit of a obvious but not obvious one because of his recent history but I've said it's Rodriguez for uh, Hamish Rodriguez for Everton I feel like that's a really good sign for Everton okay. backwards step for Rodriguez for himself because he's went from Madrid to uh, Everton but I feel like if he can, if he stays injury free and find the form he did for Colombia, everyone have really got a good player in their hands. It's a, it's another bold claim, Taylor. I do like these from you. Uh, it's a it's a high risk transfer for me, uh, Rodriguez to Everton because there's no guarantee that he will be able to replicate the form that he did round about 2014. As we've seen, he probably played his best football recently when he was at Bayern under Ancelotti. So that could maybe be a good precursor of what's to come, but. At 29 years old, he's kind of almost entering the kind of twilight of his career. So he, he's not, I think this could be a real season where he really needs to prove himself as one of kind of Europe's better playmakers, we'll say. Uh, I've not gone for Havertz. I've gone for another, another player that we've already discussed today, and that is Timo Werner. Uh, look, as a player, as a player, he scored ninety-five goals in one hundred and fifty-nine games for Leipzig across all competitions. When you're scoring almost a hundred goals for a club, in I think three or four years of being there, averaging about twenty-five a year, that's exceptional. And I think he was really in form as one of the top strikers in Europe at the time. And I think Chelsea getting him for under fifty million, paying less for him than they did for Fernando Torres back in the day, back in the day as if it wasn't twenty twenty eleven. Uh, I, I just think he's going to be fantastic. It's an area that Chelsea struggled with last season. I suppose Tam Abraham and Giroud had decent seasons, but they were very hit or miss at moments. And I think if Werner can bring that same level of um, clinicalness, I suppose, I don't know how to, what the word would be to describe uh, how clinical a man can be, and the just consistency of being that clinical, I think Chelsea really do have one of the top strikers in the league on their hands. But we just need to hope that it plays out that way. Uh, to be honest, I'd, all, I'd also thought of uh, Rodrigo at Leeds it being a really smart signing. Um, I think Patrick Bamford as well, he's been very hit or miss over the years and no one has really been able to nail on whether he has the, the right ability to be able to pl- play in the Premier League. So I think Rodrigo is a very smart signing and I hope that uh, Bielsa can get the best out of him as he has done with the majority of the players in that Leeds team. Is, did anyone else want to chuck another couple of names forward at all? I'll wait to the most exciting uh, new signing yeah, to chuck a few more forward. Right, no problem at all. We'll get onto that shortly. But before we get there, uh, we'll keep on the subject with the new signings as we've all got a fair idea of how players are likely to be successful in the league or which ones are likely to be successful, rather. But what about the ones that we don't have much faith in whatsoever? Uh, Taylor, who have you got for being the biggest flop this season? I know we said for the like obviously best signing 
bargains, obviously prices were out it, but I feel like you can't ignore the price for this one. So I went for, I think the biggest flop will be Fabio Silva for Wolves. Not the only flop he's on, the fact is Wolves have signed him for like 40 million. He's only scored like 180 minutes that he's played and they've put a lot of faith in this young boy. Mm-hmm. Obviously Jimenez will be the focal point and he might be coming in and play a, a bit part, but the fact is the amount of money they've spent on this player, I don't think he's got to live up to the expectations and he could potentially be a flop, especially for that price tag. I suppose he can only kind of be a flop if he actually plays, because I, like you said, there's no guarantee that he's going to get an extended run in the team, especially with how well that front line of Jota, Jimenez and Traore did last season. So it's a, it's a good shout, especially because it's £40 million for an 18-year-old. That That's always going to be kind of plastered onto him, so... It's up in the air whether he'll actually do any any good this season, but I suppose it comes down to whether or not he actually plays. Graham, what about yourself here? Well, funny enough, mine actually happened within the last two hours. And was, <laughs> I know who that is. No, I don't know if you do. It is uh, Aston Villa, Sarah Ollie Watkins, yep. mm-hmm. uh, from Brentford for £27 million. Pounds, Twi- I think tw- tw- £33 million. £33 million. <laughs> I need to start with 33 with that, this is a man that scored, I think, around 40 or 5 goals in, a, in three seasons in the Championship with Brentford. Not a terrible record at all, but nope. the amount of money that had been paid for him. He's not 19, he's, t- he's about to turn 25. <laughs> I think it's an outrageous amount of money considering the options on there. With 27 million, not, Ed, not net yards in Edward. Could you not get Alfredo Morelos for 10 million less? Mm-hmm. Players that have proven track records in a league that people in England just scoff at, but also the Europa League. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I watched Watkins in the playoffs and he was fine. He got out, he kind of got outshone by Brewster in the, in the semi-final. He's, you know, he had Mitrovic on the other side for Fulham in the final. And he just didn't stand out at all. And I feel like in the, there's been so many cases where people have signed players from the Championship and they've just not done it. Yeah. And Watkins didn't show anything to stick out to me that made him a £27 million player. And I can't see that being a successful move for Aston Villa. No, I, I do like Watkins as a player. I think he does have ability and I think he probably could be playing for a team like lower down in the Premier League. But it is just that uh, price tag. I mean, there's definitely overpaid and there are definitely better options available for cheaper or around the same price I mean Edward and Morelos are two fantastic examples it's again just showing that English teams are seemingly neglecting uh, the talent that Scottish football is producing at the moment so I I, I don't I'm, I laughed at the, at the price when I heard it the other night and I, I'll do it again when when and if if and when uh, Watkins has a bit of a stinky season uh, Jamie, what about yourself? Who who are you not backing at all to hit the heights this year? I fancy an Everton signing for this one. Um, for me, I I think um, Allen could um, could potentially struggle in the Premier League. We spoke just before we went on air about how he is kind of getting on a wee bit, mm-hmm. and um, I think the Premier League is a, a very different style to the way the game is played in, in Italy. And I think that the pace, especially in midfield, could um, he could really struggle. Much like kind of Jorginho did at times in yeah. his Chelsea career, I don't think Alan is too dissimilar to, um, to the way Jorginho plays the game. And I think... Again, much like Taylor said earlier, not to any fault of of his own. I just think that um, he he might struggle to cut the mustard in this league. Uh, I also think Nathan Aki might struggle as well. He is still young though, so Alan for me. It's funny you mentioned Nathan Aki there because he was down for one of mine as well, one of my options. Mm. I feel... I, I, I did like him when he was at Chelsea and I liked him when he was at Bournemouth as well, but there were just moments where he was just he looked like a lost lamb. Like he, he oh. just looked so out of his depth at points, despite really good showings. I remember one in particular in the FA Cup semi-final back in 2017 against Spurs. Mm. I remember that game. He was fantastic. He had to come in for, I think Cahill was injured or something for Chelsea, and he really put in a good performance against Deli Ali and Harry Kane. But he just looked a bit 
out of his depth a lot of the time last season, and I worry that City's defensive kind of style and play might not suit him all that well. But yeah, look, he's he's young, he's he's pretty quick. Um, but you know, for me, he he was part of a at the heart of a defense last season that that was just a, atrocious. Yeah. So I don't know. It just it strikes me as a bit of a strange signing and has the potential to be a flop. Yeah, flaw potential, absolutely. If I, if I could like, expand, I could actually take Jamie's uh, Everton thing one step further because it actually kind of was on my list. And I would say the whole Everton midfield. Mm. <laughs> seeing Everton have a chance to be like, oh, this is going to put Everton close to the top six. And I don't really see it. It's a bit negated by the transfer fee. They haven't paid as much, but they've signed two 29-year-olds and a 27-year-old, which to me just is... Throwing money out the door, there's no resale value on any of that, those players. Mm-hmm. And you're basically saying we got to do this now, or we're not doing it. Then two years, that's they're, they're selling players for two years essentially. And I don't actually think for me and I, we did we did table predictions and we'll come on to it a bit more tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I don't think Everton are actually going to improve as much as people think with this midfield. They still have gaps in the rest of their squad, and these players are big names. Allen's a big name, particularly. He's a FIFA player, to be honest with you. Decore had a good season, who I think is probably the best of the three signings. James Rodriguez hasn't done much for me in the last three, four years. Mm. Seems like he needs to be the focal point of a team. And he might be the focal point of the team at Everton, but that might negate the rest of the other players, like the Charleston, who I think is a superstar in the making. I think, yeah. I I think it is very much a case of we saw the best of uh, Rodriguez in that 2014 World Cup, which everyone comes back to when they talk about him. And he was the absolute star of that team. But if Everton are wanting to develop their kind of younger kind of players into a similar level of being a real star of the team, you have Richarlison's and potentially a Calvert-Lewin's as well if they want to take him in that direction. I feel like it could be a step backwards for their development anyway and could stunt Everton a bit more once Rodriguez winds down his career. Uh, as for me, I'd also put down Nathan Ake, as I said, I'd also mentioned uh, Fernando Marthal at um, Wolves. I feel like a 31-year-old centre-back into a back line that already looked fairly solid. I feel like it's just a bit of a nothing signing. I, I just don't understand it at all. Um, I know I'm saying that, but we're celebrating Chelsea signing a 36-year-old Brazilian centre-back. But, <laughs> but that, 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 in that move, it really significantly improved Chelsea's defence, whereas I don't really see Marsal. Uh, improving Will's backline at all. That means I've not seen any of them, and I don't know whether he's really worth the worth the punt. But it was not like one and a half million or something they paid yeah, for him. They not pay like next to nothing for him. So I think it's a depth option. Probably, yeah. Yeah, probably that. Probably more than depth. Champions League semi final. I don't think it's too bad. I, I was yeah. going to say I, I Shroom was going on about it on Monday's podcast as well, and was sort of having a wee go at him, and I was thinking, well, from the 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 very little that I did see of him, mm-hmm. I thought he, he looked all right. <laughs> I thought he looked solid enough. Although to be fair, I wasn't aware of aware of his age because I think there was two uh, two players in that Leon team. There was like a Mark Cal and a Markel or something. Two very similar names. So I was maybe getting mm-hmm. is that what it is? Right, right. I was yeah. maybe getting them mixed up. I don't. That that might just me being a bit presumptuous, considering I've seen very little of the man play. But I'll also stick my neck out and say that there's I I believe there's a chance that Matt Doherty could flop a little bit this season. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I said it the other day. I just don't know how well he's going to thrive in a Mourinho system, because as a as a right back, he loves to get forward. He loves to attack. We've seen that so many times over the last couple of years that he has been a real attacking outlet for Wolves at times. But with a Mourinho system, he tends to be very pragmatic in his play. We know what he's like. It's classic part of the bus, Josie Mourinho football. So I'm not sure whether he'll be able to play his best football under Mourinho. And I think it could be a transfer that maybe stunts him a little bit more. So I, I, w- I would say one, one of Ake, Marsal and Doherty for my flop of the season. Doherty uh, deserves a flop of the season just for that announcement video. Like, seriously. The innocent video where he deleted the tweet. Yeah, him like being an Arsenal was... fan. Cringy, <laughs> so cringy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's up there for a for a fairly poor one anyway. 
Uh, well, regardless of which signings do well and which ones flop, there have been a lot of new additions to league that can really get us buzzing for the season to start. Jamie, in your eyes, who is the most exciting new signing to the Premier League? I think it depends on depends on your team, depends on who you support. Because mm. um, obviously you're going to get excited about a player that your club has signed. Um, I know I'm very excited about seeing all the Chelsea new signings in action, as I'm sure you are as well, Jack. Absolutely. I'm looking looking forward to seeing uh, 007 in action at Goodison Park. And um, <laughs> also also Rodrigo. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, you mentioned him earlier and I didn't want to kind of come in because... I was saving him for for this category. Um, a very good player in my eyes, and uh, certainly somebody whose whose Leeds career I'm looking forward to to paying close attention to. And uh, the Newcastle duo of Callum Wilson and Ryan Fraser also worth a mention in my eyes. Agreed, absolutely both looking to have good seasons for Newcastle. Graham, I feel like after conversations this week already, I have a feeling I know who you're going to say for this one. But would, would, you, would you like to confirm or deny my suspicions just now? Uh, yes, Jack, I will actually go for him. I think it is Eberechi Eze at Crystal Palace, mm-hmm. who Joe Rebo in the Premier League pretty much. Uh, we've talked about him at length already this, this week and how exciting he's going to be, how he could make that Crystal Palace attack. Maybe exciting to watch him and Zaha combining Ayu up top. I was just super, super excited. But since we've talked about him, I'll mention another name that I wanted to mention for a best bargain signing yesterday, mm-hmm. but I didn't get into it. And that's a City signing Ferran Torres. Okay, yeah, interesting. He didn't men- no one's really mentioned that. No. It cost £20 million, But I think he's, actually, he's got potential to be really exciting. I think any player City sign is exciting to see how he fits in their style with City player. Obviously, a very nice brand of football. Mm-hmm. And if Torres gets a chance, and I think he's got a good chance of getting in and getting some game time. He's only 20 years old. I think he could really be a star. Where did this guy come from? No, absolutely. I think it really did kind of seem to fly under the radar a bit. That, um, it was signing. so early. Yeah, it really was, wasn't window. it? Mm-hmm. It kind of came out all, all amongst the time that Chelsea were kind of gearing up to sign, I think, Werner. So I think that everyone's kind of focus was on that as a bigger move. And... City just kind of brought him through the door quite discreetly, but I think I think he does have potential to go in and have a pretty good impact at City. Uh, Taylor, what about yourself? Who are you most excited to see as a new addition? I was going to go with what Graham's shout was, Berechi Eze. I feel like he is definitely uh, a great playmaker and will make uh, Chris Palace more entertaining to watch, but since he's been said, I'll say some honourable mentions. Obviously, Rodrigo, as Jamie said, mm-hmm. and you've got the signings. Maybe Ollie Watkins could be one. Van der Beek from Man United, that's a I good shout. I know him at all, actually. But one I'm really excited for is, for uh, for some reason, it's not one that you're probably... It's not an attractive position, but Jamal Lewis for Newcastle. I feel like that's... I feel like it's a real good signing for I Newcastle like for that back line. And uh, seeing him probably fr- thrive... And it probably a would you say bigger club and basically yeah, a oh, club that's expected yeah. to win more. It could be the making of him. So I feel like he's definitely a, a player to be watching. No, I think I, Jamal Lewis. I don't. I'd said like I I quite liked him and Max Adams both his fullbacks for Norwich last year, and it's nice to see that Lewis has gotten a move to easily a mass a much bigger club than what Norwich are in Newcastle. Uh, as for me, for this one, I'd, I'd put down one name in Kai Havertz, to be honest. Uh, I, I just really can't wait to see how he adapts to Premier League life and how he fits into that midfield three that Lampard likes to play and really see how much of an impact he can make. I think all eyes are going to be on him this weekend, considering that Ziyech might not be fit and Pulisic is a doubt as well. So it could be a, a Werner and Callum Hudson-Odoi wing combination, potentially, and then all focus could then be on Havertz really pulling the strings in the midfield and perhaps get urging that entire team forward. Another name I'm going to mention is Chelsea related in the sense that he's gone out on loan to another Premier League club is Ethan Ampadu going to uh, Sheffield United on loan. I'm really interested to see how he gets on especially if he does get good game time because I've kind of followed him while he's been at Chelsea throughout his career and he has really impressed me for what he's done. He was out on loan at Leipzig last season and really played well in some of the bigger games. He's 
uh, kind of centre back, centre defensive mid kind of combination. He can play either either position fairly comfortably, and I think it's for for me. I was a bit annoyed that he went out on loan while players like Rudiger stayed because I feel like already he's probably a better option for Chelsea at centre back than Rudiger is. But that that's my own um, opinions coming through again of the, this current Chelsea team, which somehow I always end up speaking about. So I'm going to do my best for the rest of the time to avoid speaking about Chelsea at length because I could do it for hours. Um, no, but I, I, I do like Ampadu and I think he will do well at Sheffield United should he uh, get the game time ahead of their high-flying centre-backs that tend to play week in, week out. Uh, right, we'll move on. And for any new addition to the Premier League, especially if they're coming from outside the UK there will have to be some travelling involved to get them to England. This travel, of course, it would be sanctioned and agreed upon by both clubs involved in the transfer as the coronavirus pandemic has restricted a lot of travel thus far. Up here in Scotland, however, we've had a bit of an unfortunate recent history with footballers and travelling, with Celtic left-back volleyballing goalie breaking re- uh, regulations and restrictions to fly to Spain for one night. My question to you boys is this. Which Premier League player is most likely to do a bowling goalie? Taylor, I want to come to you first for this one. What's your thoughts? Well, I had a good think about this. And I was thinking <laughs> what players do I think probably cause trouble. Players that probably could potentially dispute, you look at and just be like that. Yeah, he could be a, he could be a be- bad boy for that team. <laughs> not in a good way. Not in a good way. But the player I went with is being in the transfer news this, uh, this summer. I've went with Ben White. I feel like he, yeah. <laughs> now I've got reason behind that. No, right. You need to give us your reason, then, right? Because that's the sole left field. Yeah. Ben White basically. Hank, I'm. I'm not gonna. Before I say this disclaimer, he's probably as a good guy, but I think <laughs> he now probably thinks he's made it because he had a good season with Leeds and got him promoted. The fact is that uh, he is now still at Brighton. Probably got a bigger wage. He thinks he's probably. The, the the star of everything he's going to be star of Brighton basically he's going to be the base the future uh, England but nah he is going to be he's going to be that troublemaker and I think he's most likely probably the one that will probably bring Brighton down and probably get relegated that is my shout and nobody can convince me nobody can convince me any otherwise the fact that theirs is right I know for a fact that Ben White just won't be that good in the Premier League he's not worth what what twenty odd million that they wanted for him. <laughs> I am not having that. He is definitely the troublemaker of that team, and I guarantee Brighton will not do good when he's in that team. All because he is most likely to a ball and go away. I rest my case. So you, you've just moved ahead. You've just gone on a completely different question. You've answered a different question altogether. There. No, I think he's most likely to a ball and go away. All because of everything I said. What, because he do, he won't do well in the Brighton defence. He's going to do a ball and go away. No, because he generally <laughs> thinks he's made it. He thinks he's made it. He's definitely like he's a troublemaker, and I have no having it. I'm not having any other answer. I'm right. I have put good thought into this. My good thought was the whole five minutes I thought it, but yeah, right. I, this is uh, answer right. I have to move on. Right, aye. <laughs> J- Jamie, please move us on here because that's uh, more waffle than anybody's ever had for their breakfast. There, honestly. So I think Phil Foden and Mason Greenwood are honourable mentions in this category. I mean, they would have um, to be. Twice. Although, surely it can happen twice over then. Yeah, <laughs> but then I mean, but then do you not think that like, oh, they've done it before, so then you're right, you're right, but we got previous for it, so <laughs> I don't know. They, they know, they know, they know what's involved. You know how they need to try and pull off a plan like that. So I don't think they'll do it together this time, but I think they might have something else up their sleeve to try and do it, do something similar throughout the season. Uh, also, Richarlison, he uh, he terrifies me. I think he's a very scary-looking <laughs> guy, and uh, I, I could see him being a, a menace. Uh, it's a fair. Uh, so, so you've put your own fears into your decision making. For, for yeah, this I, he just he just looks like a bit like a nutter, to be honest. And I, I, I'm not sure there's too many things that Richarlison uh, strikes me anyway as if he cares about. So I, I will, um, I will I could, give you I that because I remember when Morelos was linked with Everton, everyone was. Talking about how chaotic it would be to play the two of them up front together. Oh, it'd be fine. You'd love to see. Honestly, <laughs> they two in the same park, going for a fifty-fifty. Both, oh. both Billy and Ben White, Taylor, I. Yes, definitely. 
Uh, Graham, what about yourself? Uh, I have gone quite basic with this one. I think Jack Wheeler should be a big shout for <laughs> Yeah. Who kind of broke rules in quarantine, but not quite, not like football bubble kind of quarantine, just kind of was a knob and went, dri- I think he went driving around and I think he was drinking during the lockdown, like the early stages. Ah, he was, uh-huh. He's got a lot of history of kind of being a bit of... Nonsense. Bit of nasty, just absolute nonsense. Nasty lad, a bit of a bad boy. There's some lads, may I say. <laughs> um, I think there was <laughs> Taylor's talk crap when he talked about Ben White, but something like, if a team's not going well, you lose your focus, baby. So that's why you go to... To Spain for a day, go to Ibiza, just chill for a you know, day. No, he, he might just crack as well under the pressure because mm. if Villa expecting him to carry them through another Premier League season, he, he might. Expected a move he didn't get, and he's now disillusioned. Yeah. Very true. Uh, well, we've worked in a decent wee explanation there. Uh, for me, I, I picked two, um, but it kind of could apply. Uh, I've kind of gone down more. Kind of Yeri Mina or Gabriel Jesus, I've said, just because I feel they're like with a lot of. Um, players that hail from South America they're very family orientated these two and I feel like they would just break regulations to head back to Colombia or Brazil respectively and just go and visit family just just for a wee a wee jaunt just when they've got a couple of days off I feel, I feel like that would kind of fit the fit, fit them quite nicely but it's, it's, it's not not as funny as any any of yours it's not as kind of unfounded potentially as Taylor's but I don't think anything could be I don't think mine is that outlandish. I think it's very possible. I don't understand where you got it from. No, yeah, I think we'll move on, but I want to come back to you after this show and find out like what, like how you've come to that conclusion. Um, well, now, if a player, if they were to break the rules like this and endanger not only himself, but everyone, everyone else involved with his club, the FA may feel the need to take action, perhaps deducting points from the offender's team. Depending on the standings of the team at the time, this could prove fatal in the long run and see them fighting for their lives in the division. If I'm being completely honest, this is probably the best segue I could get into talking about this next question. So, Graham, who do you have getting relegated this season? I, I thought you were going to mention the Undertaker question here. <laughs> like the punishment for breaking points. Spoiler alert. <laughs> that big spoiler. Big spoiler alert was what's coming. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I got really excited when you brought relegated teams up. And I could tell. So I thought, oh, we go. I had like a thousand answers for that. Uh, okay. Relegation. Uh, I have got two relegated teams in West Brom and Freeland going down, and I have them being joined by Aston Villa. I will. I, I completely we've, agree. We've, that's mine. As when we've mentioned West Brom and Fulham this this week so far, it's been kind of in a like. There's just nothing to be excited about with nope. those teams. Aside from Matthias Pereira, of course. Matthias Pereira mm. and Mitrovic. But neither of the two teams actually like, are on fire coming into the end of the season in nope. the championship. they were not. Particularly West Brom. They, they squeaked over the line and had to rely on a Brentford choke when they were about 10 yeah, months so they did. the restart started. And Fulham, Fulham just, they came up last time and spent tons of money over a hundred million, and didn't work. So I think they might be very cautious this time, and that also won't work. We should have had to find the middle, like the balance in between, and they've not done that. I guess the third one for me is the most interesting one, and Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. I had quite a few options. I thought Aston Villa were involved. I think Crystal Palace might be involved, and I actually sneakily think Newcastle could. There's a scenario where Newcastle and Sheffield United could get involved in this. I went for Villa just because I think their singing policies doesn't seem to have improved. We mentioned Ollie Watkins earlier on. Grealish the is still there, but he carried them so much last year. Can he do it again? Does he, need, he needs other players to step up. He needs mm-hmm. McGinn to step up. He needs new signing Matty Cash at right back, who I think is a good signing to step up. And I just don't know if they have that many players that I trust to see them Stick, like, to keep them in the Premier League. No, I can. I, that is my. That's my bottom three as well. Uh, Fulham dead last. Villa nineteenth and West Brom eighteenth. I think that's going to be. That that's my prediction in my, in my table that I did uh, the other day with how it's going to end up. So it's, it saves me talking too much about this one. Uh, Jamie, who have you got going down? I also have Fulham and uh, and West Brom. Um, I'll just quickly tell you your uh, your relegation treble there of Aston Villa, West Brom, and Fulham is getting you odds of eighteen to one. 
Um, that was that was something that I wrote down when I was reading the <laughs> reading the racing post yesterday. That's worth a punt to write, be honest. Writing I, down my <laughs> stuck a five writing down my out my outright kind of tips for the season. Um, and that at eighteen to one, I thought was a relatively decent price. So Fulham and West Brom uh, for me, and I am drawn between Aston Villa and Crystal Palace. Um, Fulham and West Brom, I don't really need to go into. You've you've basically covered covered that. Um, and I, I just think Villa and Palace are just going to really struggle going forward. Mm. Um, Graham spoke earlier about how the the, the signing of um, Ollie Watkins is is a, has risks attached to say to say the least. Crystal Palace, I, I think they're going to be very reliant on. Um, Zaha and and Ezi and Ayu as well actually to be fair, but other than those three, I, I don't feel like there's an awful lot to to get excited about in that Crystal Palace team either. Um, I watched them this quite a, quite a few times actually since the, the when football restarted, and uh, I just thought that they were just pretty rubbish to be honest. They were just not very not very exciting, and uh, I thought that Hodgson was. Just sort of almost becoming a little bit, um, a little bit outdated now. Um, and I, I was, I'm almost a little. I'm not sure what the expectations are at Crystal Palace. To be perfectly honest with you, if it is just to stay in the Premier League, if that's just enough, enough for them. Um, but I was a, a little surprised, perhaps, that they haven't tried to look into the market for a new manager this summer. Um, I've also think that Villa at lowest to be the lowest goal scorers in the Premier League this season at eight to one is also worth a wee nibble. Oh, eight to eight to one. That's I loved that. A wee nibble, a wee nibble. That was good. <laughs> that was brilliant. Well, J- Jamie, they're giving you your 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 naps for the for the episode, and I'm sure we'll be back with a couple of more when the ramble returns on Friday. Uh, Taylor, what about yourself? Who's going down this season? Uh, I feel West Brom is de- is there for me. I feel like they'll finish dead last. Uh, Slavin Bilic is a decent manager, but that West Brom team just don't have anything about it. I think we'll keep them up. Aston Villa was spoke about. I feel like if Grealish leaves, that's done them even more, but the pressure will be too much. But the one shout I feel like they've all missed, and it is absolutely wrong, the fact that you haven't put this team in, West Ham. They're yeah. getting relegated. I'm surprised you've said it. I expected, I was going to mention I'm that. surprised you said it. No, West Ham, they're just absolutely guff, like seriously. <laughs> I'm, I'm not having that. They've got Dave Moyes and manager backward step. I'm just no. They've not really signed anyone of no. In fact, FMD, MD. I think they've brought in a couple of players. You've got Suchek, who was already there, and then you've got uh, Osam Ashley, who came from Wimbledon. Definitely not enough to keep you in the Premier League. Um, do that. Just, yeah, exactly. They go losing star players like the relegation rivals. I'm going to say like Grady, uh, Diana Gana, who basically was tipped to be a great thing for West Ham. I'm not having it. So, yeah, they're going down. West Ham are going down and it'll be great because that means Moyes is away. I'm sorry, he's away. He needs to get away. Also, I was going to say, also, the the West Ham... No, I'm not having... Yeah, I'm going to shut up now. Yeah, I'm done. (laughs) So you've come to the conclusion you're not going to waffle on this time. I respect it, mate. The the worst thing about West Ham is that they are a team... An identity, which for me is always the worst thing in the league. Yeah, teams that just you have no idea what their plan is. They're the teams that, that struggle. It was Brighton a lot the last couple of seasons, wasn't it? We spoke about Potter bringing them a bit of identity. Most of the teams in this league, I think, have a defined style of how they're going to play this season. I think the three that get at the bottom and be Palace and Villa, are the ones that don't. West Ham's only saving grace is that they'll start poor and Moyes will probably get sacked, and that might help them out. I would like so. Yeah, I could see that yeah. as well. Yeah, I could see that happening. Uh, at West Ham, I think. Can I make a quick point there. on West Ham? Of course you can. I was just going to say, I, I think um, Sebastian. I, I'm thinking Sebastian Allaire is going to have a good season this year. Really? Um He, yeah, he, um, he. Not really based on anything. I just, I just think he might have a good season. I thought he was a wee bit unfortunate last season. He did miss, uh, miss quite, quite a decent bit of the season through, um, through injury. Obviously, West Ham were were pretty. Poor, you don't need them. Um, you don't need me to tell you that. But I think Yarmolenko showed them um, moments of glimpses. My feelings on Pablo Fornals are uh, being <laughs> made very clear in the it. past. And uh, I also think Jared Bowen will have a very good season. Um, mm. I, again, rather, rather towards the end of the season, I thought, um, I thought he came onto a, a decent bit of a game and uh, looked to provide a bit more of a creating, creating spark. And don't get me wrong, I do think West Ham will be down there. 
but I think they'll be kind of 15th and I think they'll they'll stay up by a decent amount of points actually in the end. I'm similarly high on uh, Halier, Jamie is, and he was in a two-man strike partnership with Luka Jovic at Frankfurt before mm-hmm. the season before. I'd really, really like at some point for West Ham to bite the bullet and play Antonio and Haller up top together. I think Haller holding up the ball with Antonio's pace running in behind, I think that could be a very good strike partnership if they can find a way to make that work within the rest of the team. Perhaps do a good old 4-4-2 or something like that. Yeah, that's and he scored a hat trick against he scored a hat trick against the Twitch in a preseason friendly as well. So there you go. He's, uh, that, he's well, already hit the all. ground running. Oh, yeah. that 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 tells us everything we need to know. Preseason does tell what the season's <laughs> going to hold, of course. Absolutely. Uh, no, I had I've got West Ham in seventeenth in my, in my table, but I've also got Brighton in sixteenth. Who I don't know. I feel, I feel like there's a chance that they could be down there. I think they'll be safe, but there's every chance as well. Uh, we'll move on quickly. We'll go and talk about um, a team. Uh, we'll go and talk about a couple of teams that might not be doing as well this season as they did last. I mean, relegated teams, they tend to have a real drop-off in quality from the season before. So with that in mind, I'm keen to know which team will have regressed the most from last season. And I'm going to come to Jamie first for this one. Leicester City. Lovely. Yeah. There we go. Um, I, I agree. I agree. They were awful at the end of the last season. I've already spoken about how I don't think Jamie Vardy will... Be anywhere near scores uh, score as um, anywhere near as many goals as he did last season, and uh, I just don't. Uh, you know, okay, they're solid enough in defence. I think they're very hard to beat, but I think considering they finished fifth last season, am I correct in saying that? Yeah, um, yes, they. I think they'll be they'll be more eight or nine. So I think they'll drop a few places. And I'm also. I'll just give you another quick tip. I'm also going to be backing Brendan Rodgers to be the first manager to be sacked. In the Premier League at twenty-five to one. <laughs> don't, don't, don't mention his name. No, don't mention his name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not editing another podcast like that. <laughs> uh, it's funny we spoke about managerial sackings uh, the other day, and his name did come up a couple of times. So definitely can see that happening, especially if it gets into a similar situation. I have them uh, finishing the season in eighth. Which isn't an awful finish, but it's definitely a regression no, no, it's from, not, the, from it's the not. fifth place finish last. And that's season. that's worth mentioning. Actually, it's not it's not a it's not a terrible season for Leicester, but it's just a it is just a regression. Mm-hmm. And and I think I think that is a fairly realistic thing to. They've they've lost Ben Chilwell uh, in the window, of course, and um, brought in Timothy Castagna from Atalanta, and he tends to play more in a back three as we discussed. So I'm not sure how well he will fit uh, Rogers' back four system. It's just an interesting. They've not really improved anywhere at all, uh, and I can't see them repeating any of the success that they had last season. Uh, Graham, what about yourself? Who who are you seeing dropping off this year? Oh my list, Jimmy said one of them in West Ham eh, in Leicester City. I think it's a good shout. The other one on my list, and actually I do hate to say it, uh, Chris Wilder's Blade, Sheffield United. Yeah, he, they were my second pick. I think they are a prime candidate to step down and I even mentioned them potentially being a relegation candidate they still they did tremendous last year they were a feel good story who based largely on a whole British and Irish side stormed the league and they were even at one point sniffing Champions League European places but when they came back after the break they had definitely regressed I think they might be a team that struggles the most without fans I think Bramall Lane was a real excellent atmosphere and confidence booster for a team that isn't the most ta- talented so maybe that extra 5% the crowd gives you in terms of work rate and want to go win the ball help them. They haven't made signings that I think are going to keep them in ninth place and I think there's a chance that quite a few other players will not have as good seasons as they did in nineteen twenty. No, I I do agree. I th- I think it is going to be a drop off. I think just they I I do they've recruited well. In all honesty, uh, I think um, Jaden Bogle. I already mentioned uh, Ethan Ampadu, the other chap Max Low is another wing back option. Ramsdale and Fodderingham both coming in. They've lost even I I think Ramsdale's not bad, but they have lost. Hendo, one of the yeah. three best keepers in the league last season. I, yeah, that's going to be a big hit. Um, and in terms of striking options, they've just signed Ollie Burke today. And that speaks for itself as a Scotland. You said Scotland Scotland. Sheffield United have. 
Yeah, they swapped him for Callum Robinson. Bloody hell. There you go. Uh, yeah, no, no I, I think it's going to be a struggle for Wilder this season, which is a shame considering how well he did last year. But I think if they, they can just assure themselves in the Premier League for the next season or so, then that will kind of keep them on. They're probably better staying in the league than trying to push for Europe now, which is seem, it's more or less an impossibility now. Uh, Taylor, what about yourself? Who, who are you backing to fall off big time this year? West Ham. That's it. Can they really uh, fall off much further? Though? I was going to say. Yeah, relegated. No, but that, I feel oh. like I had to say West Ham because they are well. But um, my other one is Burnley. I feel like they'll really fall off and uh, they'll get found no. out this season. No, I, I've got Burnley lower down. I think I've got them in 14th, but I, I still think they'll have a fairly decent season. I mean, Bur- Burnley are more or less uh, nailed down to... 16th. Burnley are kind of nailed down to stay in the league regardless, so I don't really see them... Being too yeah, no, I've seen them staying in the league, but I feel like they'll drop down to 16 from their 10th finish last season, and they won't. I, I don't think they'll be doing as well. We'll probably the last couple of weeks they'll save themselves, but yeah, they'll. Them and West Ham are the biggest regressed teams, I would say. Burnley are always a team on the edges, aren't mm. they? If, if Burnley get a referee that pulls them up for the foul and it really could go one way or the other or for Burnley all the time. Low, they can have, they tend to have a very low XG and high, can have like high conversion rate and that. Mm-hmm. If either the, kind of those two things fails, then you'll see them further down the table. But they, they have a, they have Just a, a quick game. note on XG, actually. The, the, a lot of people are tipping Newcastle for relegation and I, I can't really see it myself. No, um, However, that was related to, to XG. Newcastle's XG last season was, was apparently very, very low. And um, considering if the, that the is, got two goals. Yeah, if that is the, the same as um, the same as it is this this season ahead, then um, they, they, they may they may well struggle. But uh, that is clearly why a lot of people are tipping Newcastle for relegation is they think I, that if that's going to be the same again, then they won't get as lucky this time around. I had said that... I had said that uh... Yesterday, I think Newcastle will get better, but probably stay in the same position as right. last season. Yeah. They'll play better. They'll actually be less lucky than they were last season, but it won't actually. Yeah. They'll probably get less luck this season, which will keep them in thirteenth still. But more positive thirteenth. Yeah, positive thirteenth. I'm lucky for some. Hopefully not for Newcastle this season. Uh, just before we get on to our final question of the episode, I want to drop a bit more of a wildcard question. It's already been spoiled for us, which which is atrocious <laughs> behaviour. So I'll, I'll, introdu- I'll introduce it as I was going to. So as we've seen over the break from football, certain footballers have become quite combative. Marcus Rashford, he's been fighting against the government to be able to provide starving children with food. Callum Hudson-Odoi, he fought off coronavirus towards the start of lockdown. And Harry Maguire's been fighting Greek police in a court case. But could any of them take on one of the most celebrated wrestlers of the 2000s? Graham, which player do you think could take on The Undertaker at WrestleMania and come out victorious? Well, as a wrestling fan myself, The Undertaker's just not the same man. No, he's not, He is was he? back in 2014 when Brock broke the streak. But you still got to worry about him. Of course you do. You want to put your best man out there. Absolutely. And for me, if the Premier League were to pick somebody... Or have a Royal Rumble where the winner gets to face the Undertaker and beat him. Alexandra Mitrovic of Fulham. Oh, what a shout! That's such a shout. He would win that thing 10 times over. This man would be a 15 time WWE champion (laughs) if he was in the WWE. He is a tank. He's got the attitude to go along with the body type. He's a funny personality. He's done some crazy stuff. He is everything you need to be a top wrestler. And if he was to face him to get WrestleMania, the Undertaker would be scared of Metro. I think everyone's scared of Metro, surely. Mm-hmm. You do have to have that general fear of Big Metro if, if you want to be a football fan. Uh, Jamie, how, how, how are you feeling about this one? Who would you back to uh, to get in the WWE ring? I think Mitrovic is a good show, yeah. Um, as we, I said earlier, Richarlison is a bit of a nutter, so I think he would, uh, yeah. he would give him a run for his money. I also think Jimenez is uh, Jimenez is worth a mention because he uh, he clearly likes his wrestling with the whole Rey Mysterio of course, yeah. celebration thing. No. So um, he no, uh, he looks too kind. 
Him and his. So does no, Ben well, White. So does Ben I White. Mean, <laughs> from that, so <laughs> all logic's at the window. Clearly, so, so I don't really know how Ben White looks. I've never seen him in person to know if he's, what he's like. <laughs> it's a nice boy. No, him and him and his for me. Just because uh, if he's a wrestling fan, if he's a Rey Mysterio fan, he's he's going to know some moves. And maybe if the Undertaker goes in there thinking it's just going to be a bit of a walkover, him and his might be able to surprise him or pin him with a, one of those moves and uh, and catch him off guard. So Andy Andy Carroll also a good man. I like that. I like Andy. Yeah, Andy like Carroll get injured too early on. <laughs> <laughs> he'd, forget, he'd forget to fake his landing, so he'd end up breaking something. Yeah, this is a great show. Yeah, it's cool. Big wrestling. Uh, Taylor, what about yourself? Uh, the, the only answer that's going to be in this is Keepery. I don't care what anybody says. That guy, his muscles and torn muscles. Having Triori as a tag team. I know you're saying only one player, but honestly, Keepery is just a machine. Aye, like, they've got muscles upon muscles upon muscles. Like, yeah, honestly, the man is a machine. Like, honestly. Seems like nice boys, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, ah, well, actually, you don't need to be nice. Wait, did you see he is a nice boy or he's not? I think they do seem like nice boys. You do. Nah, yeah. I feel like Keeper's the kind of guy where you get him angry. That's it, you're no stopman. So like, Hulk. honestly. He's a Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, there we go. Taylor's giving us that. I've broken the rules because I'm not, I'm not putting a player. I'm, put, I'm putting a manager. Oh, God. If, if you're trying to tell me Sean Dyche hasn't worked in WrestleMania, <laughs> he's a Tyson Fury of Premier League managers, and we all know what Tyson Fury's like about wrestling. So I, I think Sean Dyche should just go live it up. He's got the personality for it, he's got the attitude for it, like M- Mitro does, and he just seems hard as nails. So I, I think Sean Dyche is a shoe in for WrestleMania. Uh, if, if the governing bodies of uh, WrestleMania are listening, get Dyche on the phone and get him at the next event, please and thank you. Uh, the honourable mention from me here, if he's co-managers, Jose Mourinho could be like an Eddie Guerrero type. <laughs> <laughs> Why cheat and steal, like trying to get the Undertaker disqualified for the win. That's, didn't say he had to beat them, he had, just said he had to win the match, not actually true. win them. That's very Jose true. Mourinho would, have, would try and break all the, rules in the, uh, all the rules in the book to win that fight. See, if I can give an honourable mention as well, we already talked about... Uh, <laughs> I mean... We have done this at like wrestlers. There has to be some sort of just sort of like mental like side to them, like to actually be able to get in a ring and do that. We already know which manager is a psychopath in the league, and I think Pep Guardiola. <laughs> he, he's he's just mental enough to go and do it. You have a counter to everything, and <laughs> oh, he would. He'd just be predicting every move and throwing something. But he just tag team in Fernandinho to just come and slide tackle the Undertaker and give him. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, right, so finally, we'll move on to the final question to round out the show. As I wanted to discuss the team that are that most are tipping to have a fairly decent first season back in the league in Leeds United. Uh, they've been talked about a lot since gaining promotion under Marcelo Bielsa, who could prove to be one of the most interesting managers in the league. With a style of play that involves intense pressing and quick transition play, do we think that his style will work in the Premier League? And I want to come to Taylor first for this. Uh, no, I don't think it'll work. Oh, really? Uh, unless, it, unless they adapt to the Premier League, it won't work. We've seen Norwich, uh, Norwich basically try to keep the same style as they had in the Championship. It's, they've done well. And a lot of players, a lot of pundits and managers and basic players in the game say that they respect Norwich for keeping uh, to their style, but uh, as it proved, it didn't, didn't do them any justice. So you can't be naive when you go to the Premier League and say you're sticking to one style that'll help it helped us in Championship it'll help us now but so unless uh, Bielsa has uh, multiple game plans to adapt to different teams and how it all turns in nah I don't think their style of uh, high pressing that will work you know what I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in my opinion just now just to counter Taylor's I, th- I think that it seems a bit redundant to argue that they won't adapt to Premier League especially when uh, Bielsa's own players, and I think it was Cleish last year that did an interview, and he said that uh, Bielsa's style of management is so strict, and what it is is basically tactics, 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 and a bit of fitness. So I think, as one of the like potentially one of the most tactical managers in the league, I think Bielsa will be able to figure out how to play against even the biggest of teams, and I think that that kind of level of pressing and being able to switch into different systems for going forward. 
I think it's only going to be caught out against teams that know how to press back. So I think it's going to be really interesting that they've uh, they're playing Liverpool in the first game of the season at the weekend, just to see how the two styles of pressing really go up against each other. But I I, feel- I do think that they will be able to combat what the Premier League throws at them and make a decent case for themselves this season. Uh, you said like Bells is all about tactics, tactics, tactics. It could be a case of over-analysing uh, games and being too tactful and that could also harm them, I think. So he needs to get that fine balance. Well, it's that as well, but if they are, I think they, if they do do what Norwich said and stick to the same uh, system, they just only have to implement slight bits of every, of every team they play into their current system. But... If I, I can know. now jump in, I, am, I, I lean more with, with Jack in this discussion that I think it, it, it will work. And it's something I've kind of mentioned already, it's that they have, a, they have a clearly defined style, which takes, I think takes you far enough in the league. Even if it's not a style that's maybe even caters to your play that much, if, they, if you have a manager's style and the players know it, that that already kind of gets you marks in my book and, and like gives you props in my book. It's a positive there are too many teams in the league that come into the league just not knowing what they're doing, playing formations that just make no sense. Bielsa will have his teams prepared every single week. I, I think you look at the, I the example you can have to go back to is they play in Arsenal in the FA Cup and how good they were for the first 45 minutes in that game. That's kind of the, the game we have to go on. If they can do things like that on a more weekly basis against smaller teams in Arsenal, then they will comfortably stay in this league and yes, that style of play will work. Yeah, no, I th- I think I I've I've, well, I've spoken my thoughts. I'll, I'll let I'll let Jamie chime in with what he's thinking just now. Okay, I'll, I'm going to sit on the fence. Um, <laughs> like any kind of style of play, I think as as you've kind of alluded to, um, whether it works or not can depend on who you're playing. And um, I could see it working against some sides, but against other sides, um, as you've highlighted, they they could um, they could become. They could become unstuck. I think Norwich will have helped a lot of teams last season, and I, I said this last season at the time that um, I think I wrote my final takeaway of the season last year on uh, on Norwich and said that how uh, I think teams will hopefully learn from from Norwich, Norwich's um, attitude towards towards promotion and how they tried to go about things. So I think Leeds will stay up. I think they'll have a very good season, and I think Bielsa will still be the manager at the end of. Season, so whether that means his style works or not, then fair enough. There we go. Well, that kind of wraps up this episode in the sense that all but one of us are more so backing Bielsa than not, and hopefully, the majority wins in this situation uh, come the end of the season. Uh, that brings the penultimate episode of our Premier League season preview to a close. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow to round out this mini-series, so make sure to tune in to hear our thoughts on the champions, the top four, and what the future might hold for Pep Guardiola. We've also got episodes of Extra Time and the Fantasy Ramble for you in the next couple of days, so make sure to, to make sure to subscribe to the Energy Sport Podcast feed wherever you get yours, and also follow us over on Twitter at ENRGSport to make sure you keep up to date with all of our sports content coming out over the coming weeks. Massive thank you to Graham, Taylor and Jamie for joining me today. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow, but until then, my name is Jack Donnelly. This has been another podcast by Energy Sports. Thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time.